1: PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. Do the thing first. Yeah, go ahead and do the thing first.
0: You're listening to Why Are People Into That with your host, Dina Horn. To learn more about Why Are People Into That, visit
1: whyarepeopleintothat.com. And who are you? Oh, I'm Alison (laughs) Lewis. Let's do one more. I might use that one, but let's You're listening to episode 23 of Why Are People Into That a podcast for the insatiable. I'm your host, Tina Horn, and my incredible sponsors today and every day are Smitten Kitten, the sex toy store for everybody. Visit smittenkittenonline.com to find all the big dicks we talk about in this episode. Larger toys usually cost more, but for the first time, Smitten Kitten is offering a special Discount to wire people into that listeners. Simply enter code Y, that's W H Y, when you check out to get a whopping 20% off your order. My guest today is sex educator T. Pantherella talking about big bodies. Enormous toys, voluminous orgasms, basically everyone and everything that takes up a lot of space. So lay back, open up, and take. Why are people into size queens? Cool. Um, hi, Teeth Pantherella. I, it's kind of, it's a, it's a bit of a mouthful, but I really, I like it. It makes me think of a, well, it makes me think of a, a jungle cat that I should be scared of, but scared of in a way that maybe I actually want yeah, I to be in its su- clutches. I think that's super accurate.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I imagine it T dot pantherella, mm-hmm. So you can imagine that that moment there, that pause. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I'm imagining that pause. <laughs> How are you on this I'm- sunny day? but snowy Sunday.
2: I'm so good. Thanks for coming all the way out to Queens.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, it was my pleasure. I had to get on the F going downtown and Uh then transfer to the uptown, you know, (laughs) it's Sunday, Sunday travels, but it was, it was worth it.
2: Yeah. Queens and Queens is appropriate.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot more snow still, um, like pure snow on the ground that is unadulterated by the, um, filth of the city which you see in stark relief when it snows you're like oh that filth is actually around us all the time but you see it in the snow and it's like so much more disgusting and then when the
2: snow melts and you see all of the piles of poop and cigarette butts and
1: yeah it's charming and it's all over your shoes yeah yeah anyway That's the true world we're living (laughs) in right now. Um, So T. Pantherella is an educator. You said former performance artist, but I sort of, I don't think you're that reformed. (laughs) Yeah, I can't really
2: quit it. Um, But, you know, I used to um, perform
1: pretty regularly, like in kind of New
2: York queer nightlife. Yeah,
1: I've seen you. I've seen you. I've seen you dance. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my burlesque alter ego was Afro titty. Yes, that's right. Um, of
1: course. But
2: you know, she is no longer.
1: Mm. Oh yeah. She's been put to rest. Was there she a had, reason for that?
2: I had a hip injury. Ah. I like, you know, my, my pieces always kind of revolved around like throwing myself on the floor and like writhing around mm. and pulling things out of different orifices. Mm-hmm. And so I went a little bit too hard.
1: Um, oh, that's how you threw your hip out. Yeah. I mean if it's got to go go and
2: glory right yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Well, did it what, were you like doing a live performance yeah yeah did you have to
2: I kept going I kept going and didn't really realize until I was already in the car home that oh, I God. really like hurt myself
1: I can also imagine in the New York City neo burlesque that if you had a horrible injury halfway if through if i impelled myself then people would be like oh this is this is so interesting <laughs> this is so edgy like, yeah
2: i can imagine it totally working um, with anything like a piece of the, you know, reclaimed Brooklyn bar uh-huh. pushing itself into my pelvis, uh, yeah, for being glorious and grotesque,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, did she take it too far? <laughs> um, well, I in all in all seriousness, I'm sorry to hear that, no but it seems like you are doing better, and also you probably could still continue to perform regardless. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't think, I'm I'm, imagining that your days of um, throwing yourself around uh, is is not those days aren't over. Uh, certainly not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but as an educator, mm-hmm. um, we actually first met um at Babeland. Yeah. And remind, me, what was your official role at Babeland?
2: I was the premier services coordinator.
1: Right. The fancy. And- fancy party I call it
2: the bachelorette wrangler Mm -hmm. um I mostly interact with a lot of bachelorettes a lot of birthday girls a lot of college campuses to you know provide them with private workshops and and toy parties and all of that
1: yeah yeah yeah, that was cool and then also you would teach workshops Uh yourself yeah I've definitely seen you do that I
2: love selling things yeah I love teaching a thing I love selling a thing so it was a
1: pretty good run yeah it is nice to sell things that you think people should actually have. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like dildos and lube and harnesses and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you totally need this. This is good for you. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's hard. I mean, if you do you like selling things in general or do you just like selling um, sexy um, things?
2: I've only, I've been really lucky in the only, I, retail is something that I'm, I'm really good at and I love, but I've only had to work in specialty retail that was like mm. along the lines of, who I am. So, like, I worked at a plus-size consignment shop called um, Redress. Nice. So, like, you know, selling clothes and selling, like, fat clothes and, like, a fat or, like, a radical fat atmosphere. And then at Babeland, right, so selling things that I already am passionate about.
1: Well, you also, I don't know if this is um, on your, your tax forms, but you also are just always so impeccably dressed. I mm-hmm. feel like when I think of you, I'm like, well, like, she does this, she does this, and also just always so... You just always look so hot, thank you. I love an ensemble, yeah, yeah, well, it shows <laughs> and we 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 appreciate it. We the people of the world, you get to enjoy your your outfits. Um, thank
2: you, Tina, and all. <laughs>
1: Um, you're, you're an icon. You inspire me yeah. to feel like maybe I too can feel a little better you today. You are so ferocious, Tina. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Don't get me started.
2: <laughs> I mean, or get me started, do.
1: <laughs> well, we, yeah, well, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, be, let's be ferocious together mm-hmm. about our subject today. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about why are people into size queens? Um, can you, can you define size queen yeah. for us? Okay. So I
2: think if I were to define size queen, I would say that a size queen is a person of of any gender um, orientation and affiliation who has a love and an obsession and a preference for things that are just bigger, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for size, for girth, for heft, mm. um, and so the idea of either, either like wielding those things, wearing those things, or like you know being being
1: stimulated and fucked and done by those things yeah yeah gosh and when you put it that way it sounds very american it's like bigger better, it's better, better it's faster more patriotic yeah, yeah yeah taking up lots of space and um seriously spreading across Spreading, spreading across. Across. The, the empire of, oh my God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> spreading across the masses filling it up yeah space race yeah um, amazing
1: yeah, it's interesting too. I love queen as a ultimately gender neutral um identity or or designation or honorarium. Yes, uh, so do I. Yeah, I think it's I think it's amazing and uh I, it's interesting though I I feel like the origin of size queen actually might be sort of like the way that whore is often used be like, I'm a shoe whore. Well, it's like, well, it's covetous, right? Like the mm-hmm, idea of
2: right. wanting to have these things, claim those things or, um, you know, or think that maybe they're a super- not superior, but
1: like, just a preferable. Like a, yeah. Yeah. Like
2: a, like a collector of, the riches or the oh yes, yeah like is, or the like, dicks or whatever like Scrooge McDuck yeah yeah imagine <laughs> diving into your vault of giant dicks
1: <laughs> and swimming around i love that i mean i'm also imagining like giant giant platform heels and giant Pendants, and yeah. maybe it's just cuz I'm talking to you and that is what you favor cuz it's true mm-hmm. you you know we're we'll talk about dicks in a second but you do really favor these like outsized pieces of jewelry and very you know if if volume if a bigger like louder volume is like a bigger sized uh-huh. sound then i you know bright colors and like loud patterns and, and yeah, like I love
2: shape. I love size, mm-hmm. obviously. Like I, I think that with my body, like I really like wearing not oversized clothes, but sometimes oversized, but yeah. things that kind of create a really voluminous or interesting silhouette mm-hmm. or my body has that silhouette. So I feel like even when clothing is tight, just kind mm. of emphasizing, um, interesting shapes and kind of contrast with like size, like big, smaller, but big. Yeah. Yeah. And not even like a traditional hourglass, but more of the idea of, you know, maybe my shoulders are really big and so are my calves. Yeah. Or maybe my ass is really big, but I'm like minimizing what my chest looks like. So it's just kind of really playing around with kind of dramatic.
1: I love that idea. I love the idea of... Um... Uh, I think it's very revolutionary to say, OK, classic shapes like the hourglass shape um, are great and you can play with that. But you can also say, like, maybe somebody has a different shape and and uh, and claiming that is it, I think that's a very powerful thing that fashion can do that mm. queer femmes have helped me to appreciate um, from my scrappy um, tomboy beginnings. Now I feel like I can appreciate that a little bit more. I actually the other day, speaking of size um, pulled out these boots that I've had for like six years that I got in a thrift store in San Francisco and I couldn't zip them up. Mm -hmm. I used to wear them all the time and uh, my calves are just, I actually have that problem with boots a lot Mm -hmm. that my calves just do not fit in them and then I want, like I, I want to have that that silhouette of the sleek boot, but my calves are like, we have other ideas
2: for how no, things should look. New York is, will do that to your calves. Mm. Like walking in the city, living here, will just kind of make your calves become so like, like, um, brolic. Brolic. Yeah. I love that word. Brolic. Brolic. It means like, it means, it means, means just very um muscular.
1: Oh, I don't think I know that word. That's yeah. amazing. I learned it when I was in high school. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> it's a throwback. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I guess it's, um, uh, I'm going to send you some
2: links to some wide-calf boots, though. Oh, my God. That are really, really like badass and cunty. But, yeah.
1: Oh, my God. I think I can handle badass and cunty. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. You're
2: welcome. Yes, yes. Got you.
1: Okay, so let's talk about cock. <laughs> or insertables in general. Yeah. Right? So one of the things that's really great about... Um, Bayland is that, um, uh, Bayland sells a variety of, uh, insertables, um, and definitely, uh, you know, from the, uh, less intimidating, you mm-hmm. know, basically like pinky sized, um, to ones that people think are a joke, but it's not a joke. Not a joke mm. at all, and of course, Bayline's not the only place that that sells those. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when you when you work there, you kind of uh, you get used to talking to people and understanding their their ideas of their relationship to what it means to have different size things inserted into their holes. Uh-huh.
2: I feel like, and this is not. An overarching truth but for the majority of customers that I interacted with uh, I feel like a lot of like straight cis women um, who are in whatever relationships they kind of have this conception that uh, or this idea that the thing that they should put inside of their badges or any orifice like it should be a little prim thing because cunts are little and prim right what 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 does that even mean? You know what I, I mean, mean? it like kind of, it stretches, it moves, it does all of these things. um just the idea of like it being barely a barely a sliver inside of the body. yeah and so I think a lot of um a lot of like high-end sex toy stores their offerings represent that because people are afraid of size It can be intimidating even if it's you know what they secretly crave
1: right. that's true. and also slight side note uh, I would I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the most shocking thing to me about uh, working there and interacting with um, the customers was their, the lack of understanding of uh, uh, vaginal anatomy uh, with regards to the Benoit balls, which mm-hmm. are, of course are any kind of um, Kegel exercisers, which of course many people were coming in asking for them, not really understanding what they were for because of that... Book, which now has a movie that you know. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you could probably guess. I don't even. I feel like I'm so sick of hearing it. I don't yeah. even want to talk about it. Um, but uh, but you know they would come in, and then you would you would you know talk about um, inserting these balls that are basically like barbells for mm-hmm. your um, uh, internal muscles, and uh, so many people were concerned about them getting lost, yeah. and you know you have to be like, have you. Heard heard of the cervix have you heard have you, do you and they're like oh i've heard of it i'm like okay so it's this it'll keep it's like a it's like a door <laughs> it's like it's it, it it won't it won't get in it, it won't go into your tummy like, you won't lose them in your tummy. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, and then for some reason, people have the opposite notion about the ass, and they don't realize that the other end of your ass is your mouth, and they think that they can just put whatever in there. It's like, why do people have that backwards? Because there's no cervix in the in the rectum.
2: No, no. I think that a lot of, I, I do think that a lot of people putting all the things up their ass, people are afraid to buy butt toys, right? So, like, sure. they, like, will just say, oh, I have this thing. This, right. like, thing, I'm going to put it just a little ways up there. Again, not understanding their anatomy, right? So yeah. it just kind of keeps going, yeah. Swallows up, yeah. No, people don't know what their cervix is. They don't know. I mean, I feel like I interacted with a lot of folk who didn't even really understand like where their yarn came from, yeah. and that just speaks to like the country we live in, in um, totally. the state of sex education, yeah. Here, um, I don't know. I think also like the interesting idea that. You know, a vibrator that you buy, like a first-time vibe, has to be super small and, right. like, really, really, like, not super, not powerful at all. But if you, like, are meeting a partner, right? Like, say they're a, par- a partner with an attached dick, um, that it has to be big. Right, right. Or, right. like, or it says something about that person, right? So, kind of wondering, I don't know, like, where, like, who are we trying to prove what to? Yeah. Um, and what people really think pleasure is, right? Like, so where are individuals getting pleasure from when they're fucking themselves? Right. Are they fucking yeah. themselves or, at all? Right. Yeah. Or do they just have this toy? Yeah. Because I think they should have it.
1: So what is, mm-hmm. what is sexy about, um, putting really big things in holes?
2: Yeah. I think it's like the, the stretch and the give. Yeah. Um, and the challenge even if it isn't really a challenge, <laughs> but like the initial, like the idea, even
1: if it's easy, it's still impressive. Right. Like yeah. the
2: idea of like the, of this moment when you have this, uh, implement in your hand, or maybe it's, um, like being kind of, it's late, it's on your thigh or your belly, or you're touching it on someone else's body mm. and you can feel it. Mm-hmm. You can feel its girth. You can feel the weight. And then that immediate moment of it kind of pushing past and an in, mm. Something about it is just, like, everything for me. Yeah. I statements. Well, you're, like, making it disappear. Uh, yeah. Like, you're just kind of containing it. Mm-hmm. You're containing it. And even with, like, I feel like for my body, like, even with the, the largest implements and body parts that I've ever, like like, had inside of my body, at some point, even when it's really intense, it does, your body kind of absorbs it. Yes, yeah, so, warms it and takes it, oh God,
1: uh yes, uh that that reminds me uh that I want to talk about this word stretch, uh. so, in my experience um as a professional top, mm-hmm. I had a lot of people who are new to being uh, penetrated, mostly cis men being new to being penetrated in their buttholes. And they have this concept that they had fetishized or sexualized of being trained to be stretched, mm-hmm. right? And um, in the, the fantasy of that, I completely understand, but I think that there was a lack of understanding of what, actually happens with the uh, engorgement of blood and the elasticity and the difference between the uh, ass and the vagina um, yes. in terms of the capacity to do so. Um, so let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, Have you experienced people having sort of that misconception as well? Or people being worried like, oh, if I put that big dick inside me, I'll get stretched out and then I won't be tight anymore and I'll be incontinent... It, You see what I'm talking about.
2: definitely. I think that um, what most people don't realize, or a lot of people don't realize, is that, um, you know, the penis isn't the only, like, body part to have erectile tissue, right? That's right. Um, Erectile tissue, like is in most people's genitals or all, everyone's genital. Everyone has a erectile tissue totally. and it stretches from kind of like the front where the clit or the, the penis is all the way back through the perineum, the taint um, to the anus, to yeah. the anal opening. Um, So all of that tissue has the ability to fill with blood and become engorged and delicious and, you mm. know, and very, very pliable mm. and it's open and up. Um, not, not opened up, but open and up, right? Like our bodies yeah. kind of become, um, erect. Yeah. And so with that in mind, the, you know, vagina, the vaginal opening kind of opens up almost like an envelope, right? Like it, Mm. it kind of, um... It kind of pushes out, up and out, um, and really kind of. I, don't, I was going to say blossoms, which is like, which is like that's, whatever. <laughs> that's like a whole. That's like
1: that's so like I Harlequin know. romance. Oh, gosh. That's fine. No, any other does. word. I don't
2: want to say blossoms, though. But I just did. Okay, so it's fine. It does that. It does that thing I just said, <laughs> and uh, swells. It swells. It yeah. <laughs> it swells like the ocean. It swells like a wave. Um. And, <laughs> and well, it does. It does. And yeah. it can accommodate just so much, um, especially with, like, time and patience and arousal. Um, but there's that huge misconception that, you know, if you... You know, put a finger up your ass; you're gonna be incontinent for the rest of your life. Right. Or if you use a sex toy and like a front hole, um, your man won't like your loose pussy anymore. Right. And I just and that also kind of comes from a place of like complete like body negativity and misogyny. Yeah, like oh, the idea course.
1: that pussies get loose. Mm. Um, and yeah, once that's they've been used, right, and then they're you know no longer useful. I was at I I was
2: in um, the Miss Les competition a few years ago. Oh, cool! Like I can't, I don't even know what year got, but like it was like maybe four years ago. And one of the contestants that I was performing alongside, um, they made a joke about like Octomom, Octomom, the woman, oh yes, and like and like her loose pussy, and I was just like ill. Like what are you? What's what? What are we? What what are we even talking about? You that's know, like
1: very. That's a very queeny joke, and not not in the sense that we were talking. It's a very yeah. drag queen joke, right? Sure. That's like this sort of like, bordering on misogynistic uh, kind of humor that drag queens favor sometimes to hilarity and sometimes to shut the fuck up. Right. Get out it's of my face. It's,
2: the cunt, the ass is a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it will be, yeah. right? So the bigger, the things you put in, if you put in big things, yeah. and, you have, and you kind of work around those large things. If you, um. I mean, I think it, there's totally something to be said about, like, being fucked, And, like, letting a thing happen to your, like, orifice. But in my experience, even when I'm feeling uh, super submissive and letting a thing happen to me, my cut, no matter what I do, is still doing its own thing, right? So still taking, still pushing back, still doing, grabbing, pulling, contracting. So I think that being fucked with large things is a
1: workout. Yeah, exactly. Just I loved what you said about weightlifting, you know, that... I think there is like an alienation from that part of your anatomy, that part of your physiological mm-hmm. response that we think that it would be different from what we know about our bodies that happens when we go to the gym or mm-hmm. even when we, you know, um, yeah. in the normal course of, um, human uh, bodily functions and, and events. Yeah. um, So what, what is psychologically hot about like seeing, for example, like somebody wearing somebody like strapping on a really big cock?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's, you know, the idea that, I mean, I I think that, you know, I like speaking like. In my experience, when I'm the one kind of, if not strapping on, like, wielding the Mm cock, kind of the experience that I have in that moment is kind of just knowing that I have this, this, like, tool, Mm -hmm. right? Like, this, like, implement um, that has a purpose, that has a really hot purpose. Um, And so when I see someone, I'm, like, wearing a really big, um, like, strap-on dick, I know that that's what they're thinking, and that's really hot for me, kind of imagining their thought process. Um, I'm also a brat, so that kind of has something to do with it, like, I know what you're thinking. You're a bratty Uh, top. I am a bratty top. (laughs) I'm a real bratty top. Um, But it's kind of like, I know what you're thinking. I know what you want to do with that. Um, And also the idea, kind of like, you know, um, like the idea that they're going to take a thing, that they're going to take a thing with that big thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it's just yeah, it's really, really fucking hot,
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, there, I get I'm trying to think of what what is the appeal mm-hmm. of seeing somebody uh sucking a really big dick or taking a really big dick, I mean, it really kind of just makes the bottom so powerful and impressive and uh, whether you are that's your subjective experience as the bottom who's sucking the big dick or taking the big dick or even if you're watching somebody do that it's like um, you're like I don't know. It's just so impressive. You want to give them all the gold stars. Definitely. I think even if the the moment is,
2: you know, even if the sub or the bottom, the person who's like taking it in their mouth or their ass or their front hole, their cunt, um, even if they're like having a hard time with it, yeah. if it's like you know some like consensual non consent or like mm. something's being like forced upon them in that scene, they're still taking it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even if they can't like get it give in it their it mouth, the mouth, exactly. Try. <laughs> exactly. They're still like it's effort. Yeah, its effort to like contain, um, like or like an like an implement that just has so much like
1: visceral power. Yeah, yeah. I you know it also makes me think about how we are socialized. What well, you know, like women are socialized to be small and not take up a lot of space. I think in general we're taught you know that sex um, should be uh, you know. Uh, private at best, and a shame—you know, shameful at worst—and that you know, it, we, we—it's not polite to talk about it, and it's certainly not polite to do it in front of all of your friends on a fun <laughs> weekend. Um. Uh. And so, being able to just really—I mean, it's kind of like—I uh, mean, I always think about music, and it, it's you know, it's kind of like punk music or like really heavy. Rock or like really just like super intense, like a really intense beat, or you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's like I'm tired of being told to be quiet, so I'm just gonna like really fucking go there to almost surreal extremes. I love that. Yeah. I
2: love that so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just reminds me of kind of like when I, like for me, like fisting is my
1: um, my favorite thing yeah, in the let's entire talk about world. Fisting, to- yeah, because you all... totally don't need a, a dildo to put something no. very large inside someone. Yeah, I love
2: hands. I love hands. I and I feel like even kind of a smaller hand makes a really big impact for most people's bodies totally. when it's balls in a fist, right? So, I yeah. think um, <laughs> I feel like, I, feel like it, I, at my best, I feel like I make the most amazing. Um, animalistic noises uh, yeah. that reminds me of kind of like punk music sometimes yeah uh and i just i really impress myself with the things i make and the things i can do <laughs> when fisting is happening
1: you know it makes me think about how fisting is like the last bastion of obscenity in porn yeah and uh you know i haven't actually done an episode about about fisting yet um despite it being a uh, constant topic in um, everybody's lives. I feel mm-hmm. it should be, but um, uh, I always try to imagine like what is it that people are so scared about when it comes to fisting, and why um, is it uh, is it so? Why are people so ready to jump to censoring it? And I, I think that it has to do with um, a, a fear of really big things going into people, because really, like any fist is going to be bigger than like the biggest attached penis. So mm-hmm. there's an idea that it's, um, I think people also kind of think of it as like the whole arm, you know, <laughs> even though <laughs> because the the power of the whole arm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, it's, um, I, people just think of it as, as wrong, but of course it feels so right partially because of how completely it can fill you up. Right.
2: I think that there's also probably this visceral, um, like concerning reaction um to the idea of like ripping. Mm. Right? Like that fist is gonna um it's gonna create a type of damage right. that um we're going to call obscene. Right, right, um, right. So
1: I think that And being... that no one could possibly consent to that. Right. Um which is like I
2: Hmm. It, which is curious to me because I, I feel like fisting is such a it, like you said it, it it almost feels so right because well it doesn't almost but it feels so right a lot most of the time because the fist just fits so beautifully um in yeah. most orifices <laughs> um <laughs> I was thinking most because the mouth is you know fist kind of can be a little clunky for your mouth but whatever um I still I've seen it done yes, yes. yes. it's a dance. Dana DeArmond. Right. The, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I mean, just looking at the shape of, of like, a fist, right, kind of, it, it has angles, it has kind of a curved, um, like, a curved oval egg shape that I just feel works really well um, in the ass or, like, the cunt. Uh, and, I don't know, and so, like, one finger, two finger, three finger, hand, fist, that, that just makes so yeah. much sense to the progression of what penetration can be. And I think also it's just kind of the, a fear of like that, almost like that uh, that really intense reaction that the fisty can express. Yeah. Right? I think maybe uh, like that roar or like that, mm. like, you know, almost like uh, this is going to sound, this is just my own, from my own experience, like that, almost like that, that this is kind of like, like not childbirth, but like, I feel like sometimes mm. it's just like, you're like kind of just completely like, like just doing a thing like your body is just doing a thing and what comes out what you're expressing can be so much and can be so um can i think can just be perceived as um just so unlike any thing that traditional porn is um that i imagine the folk who consider it obscene um just don't know what to do with it when they actually have seen it, if they've ever seen, like, I wonder if the people who kind of say fisting is obscene, if they've actually seen it happen.
1: I, I doubt it. I think that they, um, that they, that it sounds violent and they assume that it's violent. They don't understand it. So they're scared of it. Mm -hmm. So they say, nobody should do this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And my partner and I were actually just talking about fisting, um, fisting between Um, like, straight, cis, like, man-woman couples, Mm. and how that is maybe, um, that that has, like, a different, like, vibe or connotation than, like, two queer folk of whatever gender fisting. Like, the idea of, like, this thing, this giant, like, man hand, right? Which I think the idea that, like, that all men have, like, these, like, really big hands kind of um, doing this, like, really intense violent thing to so this, like, you know, precious, small woman's, like, this precious, small, like, white, straight, like, cis woman's, you know, vagina, yeah. right? So I think that that, that idea, I'm sure, also um, leads a lot of the, the thought of why fisting is, seems so impossible or so wrong.
1: Yeah, as if there's not a lot of different sized people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it it makes me think about how bottoming is conceptualized as feminine because of heteronormativity. Mm-hmm. And feminine arousal in sex in heteronormative conceptions of sex is undervalued for the reasons that you were just talking about with we, we think erection it's obvious. We don't think uh, erectile tissue uh, in the vagina or the vulva or like in internal um, sexual anatomy. And uh, it just kind of makes me think that when people are thinking about large insertables, it seems so violent Or intimidating or scary or wrong, partially because people aren't thinking about what a body can do and how people who bottom sexually, people who are penetrated, whether, you know, need to be aroused in order to enjoy. Any size of penetration, but definitely, you know, the more aroused you are, the more you can take, the more lubricated you are either by uh, your um, uh, body's lubrication or some wonderful bottle of blue, mm-hmm. um, the more in, engorged and accommodating that you can become. So, I, you know, it's, it sort of seems to me like it's very, like, bottom phobic to... to, to
2: Make such a big assumption.
1: Which is so crazy because then, like, heteronormatively women are expected to uh, desire and accommodate big cocks. That's, like, the ideal heterosexual coupling would be, Mm -hmm. like, a man with a giant, hard-attached cock and a woman that takes it.
2: Right. I mean, I think that... It's from the, from a lot of the customers that we both, I'm sure interacted with, it, it seems like arousal actually isn't a thing that happens very often mm. when, when people are having sex. Uh, and so, you know, a and patience around arousal, right? And understanding that just because you want to have sex does not mean your body is um, at its peak. Uh, for being penetrated or have, or having anything like done to it. Like, you know, I feel like for my body, I have to be aroused to a certain point to like tolerate or to like want or desire like a mouth on like my nipple, you know? And so I think that there's probably just a lot of miscommunication and no communication around like what turns a body on, um, and what bodies want and need in order to like have any type of sex or play. Um... And, you know, also so many people who, like, don't want to buy lube or, like, don't think they need lube or don't understand lube. Um, Oh, if you're
1: doing it right, you don't need
2: lube. Right. And don't even understand, like, their own lube, right? Like, don't even understand, like, why their body makes lubrication, um, why it might be useful,
1: Yeah.
2: what they need to make a lot of it, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to buy lube, you don't really want to care or talk about your own body's lube, but you want to have great
1: sex. Yeah.
2: This doesn't at all, in my opinion, doesn't really... Match up
1: well. Let's talk about whether bigger is better because, mm-hmm. of course, everybody's different. And I, I have to say, you know, I'm actually not speaking of moods. I'm actually not always in the mood to take a really big insertable, um, but I'm often in the mood to do like a lot of different things, and that's just something that is on my weekly meal menu right um but um sometimes i see my friends taking really big dicks or fit or being able to go from like standing up and wearing pants to getting fisted in like three minutes flat right and sometimes it makes me feel like oh i'm not like sexual superhero enough like I'm I'm kind of like okay with it now but I've definitely gone through this like oh well uh I'm not like a super bottom therefore there's like something like you know not as badass about me Mm. um and so I guess I just kind of want to talk about how um everybody big is relative yes big is subjective and and that it's not like always a goal that people need to be working towards being able to take the biggest dick sometimes that's just not what your body does exactly
2: i think every body every individual has um a scale of a panorama of possibilities um for their (laughs) bodies right like i you know, a pantherella, of a pantherella of possibilities. I feel like I should, I should trademark that. And you hold should. on to that for the future. You should. Pantherella of possibilities. I really like that. Um, but you know, I mean, something that is, I mean, I think that is bigger, better for some folk. Yes. Um,
0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But not
2: always. I think that, I, well, okay, so I'm also... A, biased yeah but I think that you know large um large implements and toys and tools um hands especially can be really nuanced um so it isn't just kind of having this big hunk it's like like a
1: like a blunt instrument right exactly
2: that's just kind of you know have making you feel one feeling and that's it it can it can be very nuanced but I think there's something to be said for the challenge almost of smaller toys and tools and body parts, like having to work harder to, um, to, um, to like feel like if there's one finger inside of a body part, um, instead of like a, a cunt, for example, and the person receiving that finger is being challenged to like get off on that one finger mm. or that like, um, or like to squeeze it really hard or to whatever, that's a really amazing challenge. Yeah. Uh, And also, like, it can be so precise. Like, precision comes with with smaller. um, Yeah, and a
1: lot of people who've gone through menopause also have to relearn how much they can take, right? Most definitely. Um, And I just.
2: So, better. I don't know. I wouldn't say better, but uh, definitely not bad. Um, (laughs) Definitely not bad. And I I think that kind of just, like, challenging. I think I, I like the idea of um, of finding challenge and nuance in both, like, big and small. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, knowing that, like, for me, for my body, I don't like pokey things in my butt. Mm. I like a solid thing in my butt. So, like, my favorite butt plug ever is from um, a company called Enjoy. Um, Oh, yeah. It's, like, their pure plug. And it's, like, I like the medium one. I like the large one. Um, The small one's also nice. But even with the small one, it's not the smallest butt plug ever. But it's, like, a little teeny tiny butt plug. That was a total contradiction, but in my opinion, it's like a small butt plug. But it, there are smaller plugs than it. Yeah. Um, but it's stainless. It's so, it's so heavy. Yeah, and so the stainless still the heft of it just creates a bigger sensation. Oh so God, even if I the know. actual toy is small, just kind of having something that gives you um, a really satisfying sensation can be well, important. right?
1: Because the pressure pressure doesn't always come from size right sometimes pressure comes from weight or just where the the pressure is being applied yeah definitely oh I I love those
2: plugs Yeah, yeah me too I love enjoy it they just do such good stuff yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of size, I um, I I think you mentioned I'm no longer um at Beatland, though. I have lots of love for it. My last um purchase before leaving was the, the um 11. the eleven. Yeah, you gotta
1: get that. Yeah, yeah you gotta get that. It's just
2: it, you know, and actually, actually, it's fun. It's super fun. Not my favorite thing. Interesting. It just, it just, it's like, I wanted to be bigger, and not because I and so I, because and <laughs> the thing is, I I I have some toys that are smaller than it that I enjoy, like the Tantus general is a, a big girthy two and a half inch um silicone dick it's great it's smaller than the 11 ish but and lighter two and a half
1: inch in diameter, in diameter. Right. yeah
2: um and so it definitely um is it's silicone so it's lighter but it has a great just like shape and impact mm-hmm. i almost want the 11 to just kind of i want it to be like a fist a stainless steel fist mm. um but i really like having it because you know Size queen
1: collector of the large things. Yeah, no size queen's toy chest is complete without a, a, an investment in an eleven. And also, you could bludgeon an intruder to death yeah. with it if I, you so needed to. I love
2: impact with the. I love I love hitting people with the eleven. Oh, that's I just really sweet. Love like sweet. whapping. Yes yeah just dropping it <laughs>
1: just just drop it on songs <laughs> so good um yeah it it is amazing um uh, yeah, that's so funny yeah I mean I yeah. you can also talk about big heavy things when it comes to other kinds of sexy things like impact play um mm-hmm. but um but Let's see. Now I'm distracted thinking about um, thinking about that. Um, well, let's... Okay, so I know what I wanted to talk about. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I always felt... That, okay, so when I worked in a dungeon, I, there was always this really interesting thing that would happen where I would um, see uh, clients assuming that um, different-sized women um assuming that different sized women could accommodate um different sized things i think that there was this conception that uh bigger women had bigger vaginas and that petite women had petite vaginas mm-hmm. um and i'm wondering do you, do you find, do you think that that's true
2: um i i don't think it's true yeah. no i mean you know there's a, um you know a a few years ago um some some pad some like Menstrual pad company. They introduced plus size menstrual pads. Interesting. Um, like the idea of a larger pad for like you know fat women's gigantic vaginas. Um, and so it's and, and so it's and it's curious, right? Like the idea that um, you know larger bodied people, like larger bodied um, people have like these like large, um, larger vaginas. It just definitely isn't true. Yeah. Um, I think that. While, like, you know, pelvic bones and pubic bones can um, spread in a different way on larger-sized bodies, um, some people can have, like, fleshier labias. Mm. Um, and everyone can have everyone can have labias, both inner and outer, of different sizes and different-sized clits. Um, but, like, vaginal openings aren't necessarily, you know, can't, like, don't have a larger capacity on larger bodies or a smaller capacity on smaller bodies. Yeah. Um. But I think that definitely the the, like shape and the size and the angle of the pelvis can um, play some role in what a body is able to accommodate, especially um, with very
1: little like lubrication or preparation. Did you find that the rolling out of that product or the promotion of that product to be uh, fat-phobic or fat-positive or somewhere in between? Um, I-, I would say somewhere in between. I think that
2: one issue that um, a lot of uh, companies that are um, that create products to cater to that cater to the plus size market or to like, to grab the attention of the plus size market which um, which by the way spend uh, plus size people fat people spend a lot of money on things that are um, for them for whether it's clothes or um, or God, the diet industry right like I feel oh, like it's God, so yeah. intense all of the money of fat people but I think that Um, these companies that are trying to grab the attention of uh, of fat women specifically usually miss the mark in that uh, the products are never designed by fat people. Right. Right, so it's never really things, whether it's clothes or these pads, um, fat people are never really employed to create them. Um, So something's usually very wrong with them. them. Or to test them. Exactly. Or they'll do a very small test and then decide it's something that...
1: the idea is like, oh, you, you're so grateful to have something catered to you instead of the world pretending that you don't exist or being disgusted by you that it, you'll just that you'll just buy it and not. They don't actually really care if right. it is better for your, your anatomy.
2: Right, and I mean, and I actually remember seeing one of these pads. And oh, and, and the reality is, is that um, you know, uh, a a pair of underwear that's a size twenty, yeah. they are going they are going to be bigger than the 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 gosset the crosset, the gosset, the crotch the crotch <laughs> area is gonna be bigger than Is a, it called the gusset? I think it's called the gosset. I'm learning so many gosset, new words for gusset, gosset, gosset, gosset. Gosset, the gusset. Okay. Um the gusset um is gonna be bigger than the gusset of that's a like size, the that's like the strip of of, the of fabric yeah. in like I know that because um, we sold Panty Vibes at Babeland. Right. And so I was always talking about how you could put the toy and the... In the gusset. The gusset of the panty. Motherfuck it. Yeah, I you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, the part
1: that, that's the part that's the best for, you know, the used panties when you're, you know, if you need to, like, uh-huh. put them on somebody's face. Like, yeah, just like... Yeah. 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 So it's Great. like it's made... For the teeth, right there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so you are saying about, uh, so that yeah. that's going to be bigger in underwear.
2: And so I mean, I can totally understand how a product might need to have wings that are shaped differently. But the pad itself, that this this plus size pad, did wasn't even. It was just was big. It just was big. It just mm-hmm. was. Just, they just took a pad and they scaled it up, mm. um, which isn't creating a solution no it's not um, it's just creating it's trying a to make money. pad exactly
1: right right right
2: and so with that just like the idea that you know anatomy is so much more complex than mm. what anyone can ever see by um, comparing people by their size even if you see people with similar body types um and it's like impossible to know what someone weighs or like the shape of their pelvis or the shape of their cunt just by looking at them um without like kind of looking closely at their body But, um, yeah, I mean, it's so funny how how, like,
1: the standardization of size, whether we're talking about underwear or cocks, you know, dildos, um, uh, or shoes or anything, you know, I mean, it's capitalism is reductive, and it's like, well, this is a size chart, and you either fit onto it or you don't, and, um, you know, it just creates senses of inadequacy which Mm -hmm. then need to be filled with consumption and yeah anyway yeah yeah well I obviously feel a way about (laughs) that um but um do you so well you also were I, I lost my um clever segue but um one of the other things that we wanted to talk about was just how bigger toys might relate to bigger bodies when it comes to sex. So do you want to speak to that? Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, that's something I love thinking about. Um, you know, I'm a fat body person and I love playing and having sex with other like fat and substantive bodied people. So even people who aren't fat necessarily, but just have bodies that are substantial in some way or another. Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot about how, um, how larger bodies interact with different sized toys um, like my butt for example i um, you know i have a deep set butt so my my butt cheeks my ass cheeks are um, very wide out and out both all directions um so it takes a larger size toy to you know get to my butthole yeah um you know like the pony plugs or like bunny tail plugs um the bunny tail that little poof would be smack dab in between my ass cheeks exactly (laughs) exactly it would would be like someone stuffed an actual bunny up there which uh, which is uh which is
1: that's its own scene. Yeah. That's
2: a scene. It's like an Easter <laughs> scene. Um, and so I need, and so just kind of thinking about, you know, butt plugs that have uh, longer stems um, for strap on play, um, having like a harness that either sits higher up and definitely cocks that are longer so that mm-hmm. they can accommodate kind of having to reach through um, larger thighs, a larger belly to get to another body part that might be behind, like, a larger belly and larger thighs. Mm. Um, so a toy that has, say, 10 inches of insertable length might actually, um, for, like, my body from wearing it, it might actually have 7 inches of insertable length. Right. So that's something that I need to think about right, when I'm right, right. making my purchases. hmm mm-hmm. um, And also the idea of... Oh, and also the idea of um, things like vibrators, like some of my favorite toys have like longer handles, mm-hmm. um, which kind of have get like kind of create easier access, um, to bit to my bits. So like toys like wand style toys, like the magic wand and like the Lalo Smart Wand, are really fantastic because of their long handles. Yeah, um, yeah, I totally recommend them. And also that kind of goes to the idea of like you know. Bigger, bigger vibration, stronger toys. Yeah. Um, I also have really strong feelings about that too. Um, and like for me, I just like kind of a like a an impactful, an impactful situation when it comes to my play, right? So, um, so big toys, big implements, strong vibration, strong impact, lots of feelings. Um, is kind of how I like to go. So,
1: bigger, better, yeah. faster, more. Yeah. Yeah, you're a patriot. More and more and more. <laughs> drill, uh,
2: baby, drill. Ooh, that's horrible, but great. Yeah, I meant drill like in the ass, not like for oil.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, you can you can drill for anything that's down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel like there's uh, something that we haven't touched on yet?
2: Uh I want to I kind of just want to list off all my favorite large toys. Yeah, hit me. Oh my god. Um so I already mentioned my favorite so my favorite um big dill is big dick is the tantus general mm. it's like a, I don't even know how big it is but it's like two and a half inches around um and maybe nine inches of insertable length it is amazing
1: that you know actually in terms of where you should buy things uh, if you want to say yeah, where to I... buy them it should be smitten because okay sure they're there. my amazing sponsors yeah
2: yeah
1: um I don't know if they have the tantus you can it's... just just list them and um you and know, your, maybe I'll put it in the show notes or yeah yeah
2: okay so like I really love the um, the tantus general. It's like a two and a half inch, um, eight or nine inches long, big kind of um, non-representational. So it doesn't really look um, like an anatomical um, penis uh, dildo. That's amazing. It just makes a gigantic, amazing impact. Um, I also really like that the the New York Toy Collective. They make a really great. Hack and play um, oh, yeah. dildo that doesn't suck. It actually is really great. But they have a new one that is actually girthy. Nice. Um, so it's pretty stellar. Um, I wish they would have made it a long time ago. But I have nothing. I, I can't complain too much. I think it's called the Carter. Um, and it's really really great. Cool. Yeah, those are like my two like things that have been on my mind recently. But like I want I want people to make bigger bigger dildos, bigger interesting dildos. Uh, why,
1: why do you think that people don't,
2: um, you know, with money, the idea that kind of, um, producing a quality um, toy that is larger, probably I think costs more money to like, m- you know, just in silicone itself like to, so it costs more money to produce yeah the bigger um, the, ones are more expensive yeah. yeah and like the fear that people won't buy it because it's gonna not just because of the size but because of the price point um, so if you have uh, so say your the first toy in your line is $90 if you can make a second toy that's the same price um, people might buy it but it's not gonna be the same price because it costs more money to put in um, like to create the toy so it's gonna be more expensive right um I think also because of what we talked about before, like the idea that people don't want larger toys. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. But it seems like if you have the ability to have whatever size you want, that you would want, well, I would imagine one would want a variety. But Yeah, I'm a collector, so mm-hmm. I feel like I like to have a, a full range. Yeah. If, I'm finding myself also thinking about... Um, the really obscenely sized toys that you see at a place more like Mister S in uh-huh. San Francisco, and um, uh, I mean, it, it seems like in a way those those sometimes I mean obviously um, those are actually used to be inserted into people, um, hopefully with lots of lube and lots of warm up, but uh, it does seem like sometimes there's a little bit of a like. Big truck, big TV, big kind of thing to it where you're like wanting to show off. But I I mean, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that.
2: A little show off, little showy.
1: Yeah. Little showy. Little little, like eyes are (laughs) bigger than your mouth kind of, exactly. a, kind of a thing.
2: I mean, I will say I've always um, like whenever I see uh, like a small Christmas tree sized butt plug, I, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, and like I don't like, I can imagine that they I'm actually I know that there, there are people who kind of do their thing on that Christmas tree sized butt plug, but I just kind of, I, I wonder what that what that's like because the tip the smallest point is pretty yeah. pretty gigantic, but you know, definitely warm up
1: um, well, let and, me let me ask yeah. you this: Do you think that this is sort of a um, a loaded question? But mm. do you do you think there's such a thing as too big?
2: Um, true That's a great question. A great complex question. You um, know, I will say I'll get the the easy answer for me is like you know everyone probably has a too big. Right, yeah. Right. Right. Um, you know from. Uh, from a retail perspective, from the perspective of someone who I, you know, I appreciate when retail buyers and people who create product make smart choices. Mm. um, There are probably a lot of gigantic toys that just sit around (laughs) that no one's really buying or people only buy as gag gifts. Um, And I, you know, I feel like if you're producing a product to be a gag gift, I don't, I'm not really a huge, um, I hate that concept actually.
1: Yeah. I actually, uh, I'm going to interrupt you and ask like that's, that's interesting because I feel like I definitely remember uh, I've, I've been thinking about it in the past five minutes that we've been talking. I remember this this one uh, couple that came in that was clearly very wealthy um, that bought the outlaw, mm-hmm. which is the biggest, girthy, longest, girthiest toy that Vixen Vixkin makes. Um, and who knows what they're actually going to do with it? But they they were they were making a big show of it being a joke that yeah. that was the one that they were getting, and it made me think like. Why is the idea, and the, I'm sure with the bachelorette thing that mm-hmm. you you would get that a lot. Like, why is the idea of a gigantic dick supposedly a joke? Well,
2: I think that at a store like Babeland, the outlaw is the closest thing to the majority of offerings at other kind of, like, smaller not novelty. feminist. Novelty. stores. that's exactly. Right. Um, so at stores that are novelty stores, you can find gigantic pink dongs. Right. Um, you right. can find... And also, I think another thing is, and something that I had a really hard time with, um, this wasn't um, exclusive to Babeland, but I think it's just a, what says something about our culture, when people would come in
1: asking for a big black dick. Oh, oh my God. Right? Oh, my God. We haven't even talked yeah. about
2: that. And so it just kind of goes along with that. I think at novelty stores, you'll either find big pink dongs or big gigantic black dicks. And it's supposed to be um, like, ha ha funny. Like look at this like gigantic thing um, that we can smack each other in the face with um, that no one's really supposed to want. Ha ha. How many people probably buy those things and joke about it and then go home and use it. Yeah. Um, And so I think, I think it's very, um, it speaks deeply to like the idea that we're talking about of the prem teeny tiny vagina Um, also super racialized um, and definitely like just seeping in kind of a, like a sex, obviously sex negative, but like a, just seeping in a, just a, I don't know, a really like juvenile insidious, like fear of pleasure. Right. And like the idea of like who could want this, right. Like who could desire this large
1: implement but if your so man's dick is too small then he's not man enough right Do, um that was sarcastic um can, <laughs> yeah. can you uh, would you like to speak to the novelty of the big black dick
2: yeah I, yeah i can try to i think that um Like, I think thinking of, like, the novelty of The Big Black Dick, I think that's a lot of that falls on the shoulder, actually, of uh, the people who make these novelties. Right, and, and I think that there's the assumption that the p- companies that produce these novelties are just run by people who are hilarious, right? <laughs> and they're making jokes. No, but they're people. Who, they're no, they're they're people who are making trying to make money, right? So they sure. have a really, con- they make a really conscious effort to produce um, a giant black dildo that they'll put in a package with like a picture of a black man on, mm-hmm. with like a loincloth. cloth. You know, they make a really oh. conscious. They make a really, <laughs> right, they're making a really conscious effort to produce this. Um, item that fits into a stereotype that they're going to make money off of. Right. Right. Um, and then there's also, I think that the, uh, the taboo of, so I think the taboo of um, buying a sex toy. So if you're a woman and you're buying a sex toy, that's one taboo. But if you, but what's another taboo that goes with that? The idea of being like a white woman who wants to like, you know, another sexual adventure is, is, You know, having sex with someone of a different race, right? Right. So I think that that kind of fits into like multiple sexual fantasy taboos that we're not supposed to talk about, but we can make money off of. And we
1: can talk about them as long as we're making fun of them in a way that that protects us by saying, "Oh, this is not actually something that I would ever like deign myself to desire," um, which is why I can ridicule it.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really fantastic point. Uh, and I mean, I so I personally I love um, I love black toys. And when I say black toys, I obviously mean like the color black, not like a not like a skin tone, um, obviously, right? But like, I feel like companies won't even produce black um, like higher end to- companies have a hard time producing black sex toys because I feel like it's seen as unapproachable or. Um, maybe the idea of, I had a customer once, um, at Babeland, um, she was buying a toy that came in pink, purple, and black, really great high end vibrator. Um, that looks nothing like a penis. It's Mm -hmm. like, it looks like a, it looks like a. Like a comma more than anything else. Um, it's a very sleek, um, high-end design, <laughs> and but it's an insertable. And she balked at the idea of buying the black one because, and I think it was, and it was very racialized, right? It was like, oh, my husband would freak out if I got a black one. And I was just like, oh, I don't know, and I was like, oh, okay, like that's really intense because this isn't, this isn't like a black person's penis. This is a color. This is a. This is like a black pair of pumps this is like a black handbag it's a it, it isn't like <laughs> and I was just my, my I wasn't really surprised but it just it really spoke to the fear of uh having a not, not not the fear but like the the taboo and the super like racist fear of like having like this like a large black thing and what it says about you it says that you're maybe um It says that you like a black thing, which is something that no one wants to like, that people, that white people don't want to have. Uh, They don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was a true story, by the way. That definitely, that did happen. I just was like, who, and that's the same thing when when customers would come in like saying, I want a big black dick. I was like, I am standing right here. I am standing right here looking at you and you just like have... You know, and I'm not, you know, and so obviously, Babelin, like, we're not going to play that game with you. Like, no one is going to interact with you in a way that you're going to find funny or affirming if you come in asking for a big black dick. But I especially am not going to um, humor or yeah. affirm that
1: uh, yeah. inquiry. Well, let me ask like, douchebag. you. douchebag. Let me ask you a question because you know, uh, my probably my favorite sex toy of all time is the share, um, yeah, and um, and the the share that I have. Um, uh, which I actually got um uh, for free on a on a set um, uh happens to be black, mm-hmm. um and um like like black like a pair of pumps black and um uh I've I sometimes ask myself whether wearing it at a at a play party like a public you know semi public um uh, play party is fucked up because I'm white. Sure, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. And yeah. I also I have another Vixen that is brown again because it was the one that was there, and it was the size that you know uh, the color doesn't make that much difference to me because you know when it's inside someone you can't even say what color it is. Right. But like you know, also it I wanted it was the material and the size and the shape and the girth that that I that I wanted and mm-hmm. like. um... You know, it could just as easily have been sparkly, but then sometimes I feel like um, if I'm going to be wearing a representational dick at a party, that I should have one that is closer to my skin color because it's, like, appropriative, because it's, uh, because it's oppressive. Like, I would love you to actually tell me what you think about that. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think that... I think that especially like because of okay, it. So when I when I'm in a larger play space, um, whether it's something that I'm a part of organizing or taking care of or one that I care about or not so much, I think that I'm always really aware of people's experiences, right? Mm. Um, so I say that if you are wearing not necessarily the black like pumps but like a, a brown flush tone cock, sure. I just my 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 question there would be a wondering about someone else's experience with it, right? So like someone who there are some folk of color who may not like, it's just, a, it's a dick that you bought or a dick that you got, but others might wonder what your intention is. Right? right. And there isn't really a space to have a lot of those conversations in most play
1: spaces. Right. 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 You're so, but you're forcing, you you're kind of forcing people who are conscious of it to think of it, which is why, that's why I uh-huh. don't do it because I feel like it's inconsiderate for me to force someone to all of a sudden be like taken out of their, their space by yeah. being like, what is, what is that, what is that person doing? Totally.
2: You see what I'm saying? And I think that, you know, also because I'm such like a retail queen, like I like have a story for everything and involves like <laughs> selling things, but like I had never, and selling dicks um, at Babeland is where I encountered people's racism in the most intense way. Mm. Um, and so like, you know, when you're presented with a style of dildo and it comes in different colors. Um, I always, no matter, I don't care what, I I would always present them with all the options. Um, so maybe whether it's three or two, maybe it's like a, a light and a medium or a light, medium, dark, or like a light, medium, dark, darker, present them with all. And then of course, like white people folk would always say, no, I don't, of course I would want the lighter one. Mm. It's like, you know, or if we only had one that was like a dark skin, a dark color in stock, it like, they would never, they would not want to buy that. Some people would, which is, um, I think and, like, speaks to the idea of just kind of wanting the toy that you want. Right. Um, like, whatever. Like, I, I think that I definitely was never, I, I was never offended, like, I personally was never offended when, um, if a white person bought a brown toy or a brown flesh tone toy, um, just because they wanted it. Like, it's, it's the toy mm. that they want. They don't care of the, about the color. Yeah. Um, that's, was... A totally kind of neutral to positive experience, but just like kind of the, the giant fear and the bulking at the idea of that you might have to buy a toy that's even a few shades lighter, darker than you are, right? right? Like a toy that's like a tan or like a, a caramel, as <laughs> sex toy companies love to say, like yeah. vanilla caramel chocolate. Um, you know, so I think it's all about kind of uh, intention and like why you have that toy. Um, but yeah. the only thing about play spaces is just like the idea of having to man you know I think if you're an attendee at a play space you don't have to manage everyone's experiences mm. but I think looking at it as um, like moving through the world as someone who cares about like oppression mm. um, not wanting to like trigger or like you said yank someone out of a scene um, because of a choice you're making about like your toy usage Yeah, and that for me kind of exists just in the realm of like brown flesh tone toys and not necessarily black like a pair of pumps toys
1: yeah yeah there's totally there's totally a difference mm-hmm. um thank you for speaking to that yeah yeah um that is so fascinating that dicks in particular are the place where the most racism came up at yeah when selling sex toys most
2: definitely yeah. and also the the place where a lot of Um, people like had lots of questions again about size, right? Like the idea of wanting like a small one to start out with Mm. and small is definitely subjective, right? It looks so many different ways, but I don't know. I, I feel like for a lot of people's like front holes or cunts, um, fucking with like a dildo small is fine. Like it's fine, but you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like people were often scared of toys that had, curvature or like a g like a g spot curve or like any type of ridge like all the fun things yeah,
1: see, well, and that's you know for me like my my favorite insertable is also an enjoy toy which is the the wand and for me the fact that um like I would rather have, and it actually goes back to what we we're saying about the the plugs, the steel, stainless steel plugs as well. Like the pressure is actually more, in, and the and the curve mm-hmm. is more important to me than the size, me personally. Yeah. So like the like a small, and that toy is extremely slender. But then the the ball on the end of it is is very heavy, yeah. and you can get the right like, An uh, angle and hook and exactly. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, the, the a, a quote unquote small toy that has the the right um, uh, shape yeah. for my like anatomy of pleasure <laughs> is, <laughs> is like totally totally subjective, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. Okay. Anyway, so um, well, you have places to go and fabulous um, uh, audiences to uh, entertain. So. Uh, Thank you, thank you so much for going there with all of these to Thank you,
2: issues. Tina. This was a pleasure.
1: <laughs> um, and is there? It, you were saying that you don't really have anything to plug. Is there? Is there anywhere that people can find you on the internet? Or no,
2: no, that's <laughs> <laughs> not really. I mean, people can follow me on Instagram. You can find me at, at @pantherella, um, and it's a private Instagram by like adding people, and you can see pictures of my debauchery and fashion, yes. my nails, and cats.
1: We've definitely, in my headphones, I've been hearing your nails. Oh, my nails, like, click. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they're very long and very functional. Ooh. I feel like also, you know, I have, I have really big hands. I have really big hands. I love putting them inside of people, totally. Um, but people are afraid of my nails sometimes, and it makes sense. I get it. Like, you like are afraid of the nails. But, like, I know what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. When you, when you <laughs> say that they're functional, but they are very sleek.
2: Um, yeah, they're, they're very sleek, they, like um... functional,
1: like, in terms oh, of in,
2: scratching? In, in terms of scratching, but also in terms of, like, fucking, like, I, I can fuck someone with my hand and not, like, scratch them to pieces. Femme power. Yeah. I can also fuck, like, the gap between someone's teeth. Oh. Um, <laughs> with the nail. Um, you know, there are lots of things that they do, but they also, like, they touch, they scratch, you can point to things. Oh, yeah. make a very, like, prominent noise. Um... Yeah.
1: Well, you're taking up lots of space with those big yes. nails, so. um, Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to episode 23. Future episodes feature Poppy Cox of Bike Smut Film Festival, erotica editor Rachel Kramer-Bussell, and Girl Sex 101 author Allison Moon. Thanks to all our listeners for remaining loyal while we release one episode per month. I just turned in the manuscript for my sexting book to Quiver Press, and I'm still really fucking busy, so for the time being, enjoy this podcast once a month, and we'll see what happens later in the year. Special thanks to Liz Andrade for including Wired People into that in her list of sex-positive podcasts that made her a sex geek. You can read her whole list on Medium.com. To stay in the loop, follow at Tina Horns Ass and at Into That Podcast on Twitter. Subscribe and write us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit wirepeopleintothat.com to subscribe to our newsletter and listen to our ever-growing archive. Next time on Wire People Into That, professional-dominant Morgana May and I talk about the complicated gender politics of cross-dressing um, I
0: think the thing that's true is that we cannot talk about cross-dressing without kind of acknowledging that the gender binary is like palm olive and we're all soaking in it mm. and it's really challenging for those of us <laughs> that reject a gender binary and are very you know kind of if not queer and trans savvy, then actually living in those communities and then playing with these themes and topics that can in fact really be gender reductionist and Mm. so I work very hard to be mindful of that in my my language and in my capacity for being gender inclusive in the way that I'm talking about things because it's important. And um, also, there will be times when I am like, oh, yeah, I'm struggling to figure out exactly what the language to describe this is because, particularly in my professional practice the overwhelming number of folks that I'm working with are cis men, hmm. right? So they're, they're men who were born, assigned male at birth, and have continued to identify as men in terms of their own gender expression, right. who are interested in wearing women's clothes right. and or occupying some kind of feminine persona or female identification in a time-limited, generally eroticized way,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Great definition. So that would be the, the nut of the folks that I'm working with, who I adore. So <laughs>
1: As always, Wire People Into That is produced and hosted by yours truly, Tina Horn. Our theme song is by Pine from Oakland, California, and we are exclusively sponsored by Smitten Kitten. Until next time, I'll be trying really hard to be more accommodating.
0: Why are people into that? The hot cut. <laughs>
1: Take two. Take three.
0: I'm Alison Moon and you're listening to the Why the Fuck. P- <laughs> Slow it down.
1: Back it up. Once more. Hi.